The following was created specifically for the wellness revelation, The Journey, a movement of people towards the heart of God. To learn more about this movement, go to revelationwellness.org book. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, and as always, it is a joy and an honor to be here with you and to speak this holistic message of Jesus and the gospel of good news into your life. All right, we're on a big topic today. We have been on a three-week journey. If you want to learn more about the journey, click the show notes about getting the book and come back and listen to these podcasts in sequential order as you go on your week-by-week journey to losing what weighs you down so you can love God, yourself, and others. And 2,000 people signed up to move closer to the heart of God by coming together in community over on Facebook in a private group. But you guys are reaping the benefits of these teachings as well. So today, I need you to put on your thinking cap, carve out some time. I probably could have broken this up into a smaller segment and just given it out in parts, but you know, it's just sometimes you just got to get it all out there. Come back, listen a few times to this because I know this message is going to free those of you who have struggled with food, controlling it or obsessing with it or abusing it, whatever it might be. We're going to get to the heart of the matter, talking about worship. (laughs) As a worshiper, doing what pleases the heart of God. Because there is no one way to eat. Some of you will eat meat, some of you won't. Some of you will do low carb, some of you will do high carb. You are uniquely and intricately designed and God knows what makes you work well. What works well for your life. What you put in, you will get out. And we're all designed so differently. But I'm absolutely positive there's a God that wants to walk with you in that. To be that personal. That he would care about the smallest to the biggest of details. So today you're going to press more in to... We're going to talk food, trust me. But we're going to get at the heart of the matter. At the motives to the matter. I'm also going to talk a little brain science with you about sugar and prefrontal medial cortex yes everyone just say it's your favorite new big word prefrontal medial cortex it's the part of your brain that was designed for love empathy and sound mind a reasoning mind the the truest of you the peaceful you the wise you the best of you is found up there so we're going to talk about today and how sugar having too much sugar how it affects our ability to have a sound mind Uh, The science is in, and so we can't, we don't want to ignore it, and we don't want to panic. So get out a notebook, take notes. Um, This is going to far supersede any any calorie counting point system, eat this, don't eat that um, book. God has written his law for your life, his love for your life. It is unique, and it is written in your heart, and I want to help you get after it today. All right, so thanks for those who are leaving a review. I read them all. You can also let me know what you think. Come over Elisa, at Elisa Keaton. That's with two E's over on Instagram. I'm also over there. Uh, I love hearing your feedback for the shows. And also follow us at Revelation Wellness. That is the ministry as a whole. And um, we'd love to answer your questions over there as well. 
Ooh, by the way, I'm coming to Kansas, October 27th, 28th. I would love to see you there. Live Rev on the Road event in Kansas, Topeka, Kansas. Two days of in-person heart and mind, body and soul transformation work. Promise you, I don't have a formula for it. I just show up because God's already there doing a good thing. And I want to partner with him in Topeka, Kansas. So if you're in the area, come see me. All right, you guys, have a great day. Enjoy this teaching. Take your time. Stop, play, take notes, take it in bits and chunks. But it's a good one. And I look forward to hearing what you think. Have a great day. Peace. Now, I have one more announcement before I get into this food teaching today. Um, Kansas. Who lives in Kansas? Any, if you are in Kansas, I want a corn emoji up. Is that bad? <laughs> I am coming to Kansas at the end of this month in October. The last weekend of October, Friday and Saturday, I will be there in flesh and blood. Me and a team of fitness teacher gospel preachers, people that have freed up themselves from the expectations of the world and have become grace, kind, loving, and truth-seeking people, right? So you can come with us live and be at that event. All you have to do is go to our website under the events page, Rev on the Road. That's what we call it. It literally is a two-day, I can't imagine, it's like um, we worship, we do the Word of God, and we move our bodies. It's kind of the where a church service can't take you, where a good Bible study cannot take you, we will. This We, we hear the Word, and then we do the Word. And I know that sounds crazy, but we do, or we let the Word do us as we respond to good or heavy truth. We respond to it. And that's what a rev on the road. It's a freedom party. It really is. And there is no freedom unless you have the right to say no as much as you say yes. So it's not yes to everything. Freedom is not yes to everything. It's the grace to say no to some things. New start, a fresh way, and a grace to back it up. Okay. So I'd love to see you there at the end of October. Any donation amount gets you in. I think we suggest a $10 donation. We're coming to Kansas, and I'd love to see you there. It's, if you've ever thought of instructor training, this would be a great way to get a taste of it, I promise. All right, I'm going to go back and find out uh, who's from Kansas. I know, red slippers, the ruby slippers. All right, you guys, so this week, we are in week three, and we have finally gotten to food. If you notice how the book paces we have taken our time. I was not in a rush to start talking about food, although we saw plenty of you like, what do I eat? What do I eat? Don't, don't worry about it. That's what Jesus said himself. Don't worry about what you will eat or drink. That all has enough worry of itself. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. So that's what we've been doing. But now this week, we do start to get more holistic, bringing the food in. We've had the workout calendar for three weeks now. And I'm loving hearing how people are liking the slow pace. We're being intentional. We're taking time. There are assessments, or I like to call them celebration of knowledge, right? I want to, se- I, can, I can know this without becoming fearful about what I know. So we assessed upper body strength. We assessed muscle strength, some flexibility, some cardiovascular ability, your resting heart rate. We've just done kind of like taking your car into the shop. I'm not interested in fixing the body of the car. You know, that might come in time, but let's get the engine running really well so that you have clear thoughts, 
that you have energy, that your muscles don't ache, your joints don't ache as much. There's inflammation inside of us and it registers whether we have high resting heart rate or low sleep levels, whatever it is, we can kind of, it's like checking the oil. So that's what we've been doing. But now we're going to start moving in towards the food and towards the movement and all of it is an invitation. Your verse this week was from 1 Corinthians 6.12. Please tell me this has become like This really can become a life verse for anyone who has been a food addict, who's like abused food or anyone who controls food because the whole thing is about what is mastering me. Does fear master me? Am I afraid of getting fat if I eat this food? Because there are food fears that develop. It's like when a good thing becomes your God thing, it actually boomerangs and is based on fear, not on love. God is love and God is good. When a good thing stays a good thing, then God can be your God. But when a good thing becomes a God thing, it actually now boomerangs and works on fear. So it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, that everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything's permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Week one, we talked about God's desire, design. We put our focus on God. We said, God first. I surrender to you, God. If I could do it, I would have done it. If I could find my own peace here, I would have it by now. God, you must be getting my attention. Into your hands, I commit this journey. We did that in week one, right? Him first. Then the second week, what we did is we talked about worship. We talked about really the things that you're hungry for. That's a worship place. The things that you desire and you want, that is actually that wanting place. You will fill that with lots of things. Anything that fills our deepest want or longing, anything we do, we fill it with anything but God. It's an idol. And idols, according to Tim Keller, I'll say it again. You can put this on my tombstone. (laughs) They consume us while we pursue them. They disappoint us when we get them and devastate us when we lose them. That's why you cannot put the hope in the body. So we talked about worship last week. This week, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it really is about the worship person, the worship being free to worship, being a worshiper, (laughs) being able to worship. Worship is a verb. It's always happening what am i thinking what am i thinking it's impossible you know how some of you a lot of you we've been doing the be still and be loved where i've asked you to be still and you notice you can't shut your mind off you're not supposed to because you're an active being you're a living being even in your sitting still even when you sleep at night you're still active oh my gosh i slept with my shared a bed with my daughter this weekend Yikes, like active. It was like bed aerobics for her. Like she, you know, you're dreaming, you're thinking, you're never fully with like flatlined. So you're, you are always active. The body's always doing something. Now we can participate with it in a way that elevates to a higher place or to a lower limbic brain place, a place of fear, shame, guilt, disappointment, regret, those lower places. We get to choose life or death. We get to choose. And as worshipers, we realize that God is always at work around us. He's always doing something. I want to give you a word from John 931. 
It says, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. What's crazy is a blind man is saying this. A man who's been blind from birth, Jesus heals him. And then he gets into, you can read John 9, he gets into this scuttle with the the religious people because religious people are always looking for a fight. Religious people feel like they have something they have to defend. (laughs) Um, I love God. I'll stand for him, but I cannot strong anyone into loving God, and I can't hold their rules for them. I I just assume gracious assumptions. I think Brene Brown says, and I agree with that, just assume the best. Assume that everyone's doing their best. But there is a law inside of me that I want to try and control and make, I won't believe until I understand. And that's what the Pharisees, a religious heart does that, or even an unbelieving heart. I will not believe until I understand. But this man was healed. And this man is saying, he's actually quoting back, if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. You are a worshiper. So when we talk about food, we have to approach it differently. Not as just an animalistic being trying to get through the day, but a worshiper who is on purpose living for a purpose, who is awake and alive to the fullness of life. And I know for some of you, you don't feel alive yet. And that's why I've been asking you to be still and know. You've been trying too hard. You've been running hard. You're afraid of some things that have been done to you. You just got to let the love of God catch you and capture you and envelop you. It can only start there. And I think in a world where we're so busy doing, even in a Christian culture, we just start doing stuff and pining away for our healing instead of letting our healing come to us. So a worshiper always turns his ears to hear and his eyes to see what would please the heart of God. So we can see this when it comes to our food. It's so easy. Listen, the the book starts to, I talk about, you know, some better food, just very practical. It's stuff you already know. I will not write a book that talks about this, this type of sugar and this. I just don't want to get lost in the weeds. Well, I guess I should never say never. I don't know. But I know this is the place that God's kind of saying, hey, let's just like, we have elevated food to its own place of like, if you can understand this science and if you eat this and this, and and we've made it confusing. It's food and it's practical. Eat food that lives. Eat food that if you didn't eat it within two to three days, it could actually mold or die. Then you know the food actually has life. Eat a majority of that kind of food. Stay away from food that's been boxed or manhandled too much. Simple. Just start there. All right? But what I really want to do is give each of you the ability to hear from God when it comes to your food. Because if you can make a decision such as an everyday decision of food, then what other beautiful little decisions would not God be interested in? That 1 Corinthians 10.31 would become more true. Whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I do it all to the glory of God. Whether I eat or drink, whether I do carpool or send my kid on the bus, whether I pick this or pick that, it would, God, what would please your heart? Sometimes it's obvious what would please his heart. And sometimes God just goes, you get to choose. It's a free place. There's no fear. Where there is perfect love, there's no fear. So a worshiper knows their love by God, turns their ears and eyes to hear and see what is God saying? 
what would please his heart uh, if you are in the journey this is I, I don't I don't think you know I'm always like I feel like someone just follow me around and help me write my second third fifth 20th book <laughs> because I wish I could have written this in the book but what would please God when I eat right now what would please God okay now the truth is we have a hard time in the pleasure place because our pleasure often is a place of the flesh as well. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But a worshiper, because if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. A worshiper turns his ears to hear, his eyes to see. What has God said and what is God saying right now? We talked about that a little bit last week. A worshiper is always worshiping. It's a verb. You're always, you know that the kingdom is near and all around you. The, the word as it's used here in this verse of John 9.31, a worshiper, it's the word theosis, theosibis. Sorry, I'm totally, it's Greek. But it's, it's, a, it's a verb. It's, it's like always doing. <laughs> and I, we hear that and it doesn't mean you have to go make big projects or build or dig a well just means you're always aware that there's kinetic energy around you that God is is in a good mood that he has something good to deposit into the the situation even when it looks really bad that's what I'm really training you for revelation wellness or wellness revelation journey people I want to train you as foot soldiers to get out there and do what God's called you to do, but it will cost you. It's going to come against your flesh and then you're going to, what I don't want you to do is be surprised and then lick your wounds and give up. Stay in it. Take a rest. Be still. Be loved. Cultivate your faith. Plant some, sow some seeds. Bring up the pleasure of God. And I'm gonna, I'll talk more about this pleasure place is what the problem is for most people. That people go, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. I don't know food. I, I keep eating what I don't want to eat. I keep obsessing over I don't want to obsess. And it's because your brain hasn't had a chance to understand real pleasure and what that means. I'm going to help you with that today. So a worshiper does love. That's what a worshiper is always doing. I have talked about the brain at length. This is where all the spiritual talk can actually become physiological. I'm going to break it down now into science of your body. I've said it before. You and I were created with sound minds. Our minds were sound. Our minds were created for love and optimistic thinking. Love as in not fear. Love as the, the, the place that brings us safety, compassion, empathy, you know, you watch a good love story, all that, that you go, oh, I love that. It's because you're made for that. And optimistic thinking. So not a defeatist attitude. Your brain works best in those environments. That's why you would, ra come on, would you rather work in an environment where people are constantly criticizing you and dreading or an environment where people are going, we're going to get this done and it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time doing it. <laughs> that we actually can tug on either one of those and manifest more of it in our life. We were made for that place and we have lived in a fallen world. So fear has entered through sin, through not thinking and doing and, and acting in accordance with love, God who is love. We chose independence, which creates fear 
a self-centered motive, a self-protection, a self-gratification, a self-pleasure, that keeps us in the lower part of our brain, in the limbic system of our brain, the limbic area of our brain. It's like the brain stem. It's low. It's reptile thinking. It works well if you're like got a fight or flight. It works good, but it's not what you were made for. You were made for the brain in the prefrontal medial cortex. So let me break this down. Most people who have an eating obsession, gluttony, addiction, or control, you just you always feel like you're on that machine. There's a there's a a wound, there's a lie, there's something that cut in on your whole mind and caused you to believe a lie and caused you to live a life in fear or shame or guilt and we all have them amen i don't care listen the whole church is fat i believe that some people just carry it more on their bodies but there are heavy hearts in the church and that's what i'm going after like come on if we can get well and heal from our hurts and turn our tragedy into a testimony the kingdom pushes forward and we can have a good finish on the earth. I just believe now is the time. So the stress of the pain, the hurt, the offense, whatever you've been violated, someone didn't love you that should have, uh, somebody violated you that you sh- that was supposed to trust you, you were young, you were shamed, you were, remember I did those 10 questions, the adva- uh, the adverse childhood uh, questionnaire, adverse childhood experiences. If you answer one yes to any of those and who doesn't two really makes you a candidate for depression high blood pressure chronic stress like they start listing them out so all of us are unhealthy all of us are fat-hearted all of us have layers that we need to remove so this limbic brain has kicked in and the amygdala, fear, we've been living in a lower level place. It's the place of orphan living. Amen. It's the place of, let me just do what I need to do. And God wants to get us up to the prefrontal medial cortex because that's this place up here. Brain science says up high, the front, like it's, like I said, put your hand right on your forehead, like save myself. Right there, all of that is this this mission control for empathy, compassion, love, reasoning, reasoning, like wisdom, knowledge, the ability to get revelation. But we're living in this lower place because of the fear, the wounds that we've received. And so we go, I don't know how to get out of here. I'm going to help you get out of this. You got to do the work, but I can give you a roadmap. Some of you will will look different. I can give you some options, kind of like forks in the road. You choose to rehabilitate, but you have to rehabilitate your PFMC. We've got to get it back online. And it means we don't cut off the pain. We actually confront it. We go right into it, but we need to let, that's why food becomes a great trigger. Our triggers actually are treasures because we can go, oh, hey, God's handing me a piece of gold here. Not a coal, it's gold. I can actually go, okay, where did this come from? What lie am I believing? What fear is underneath this? What message of shame am I receiving? What, more or less, what lie am I believing about God? What do I not believe about God enough? Because it's purely that. It's a God first thing. God on, where have I kicked God off the throne of my heart on this issue?
What has brought me to this place? You don't just eat food because you like food. You eat food because you like comfort. You don't just control food because you like to feel thin in your clothes. You control food because feeling thin in your your clothes makes you feel safe. It makes you feel loved. It makes you feel enough. Amen? And all the people said, Amen. A worshiper is always worshiping because they are able, they have rehabilitated and lived up in the high place of empathy, love, and reasoning. The worshiper lives from heaven to earth, from high to low. A worshiper is able to approach a fast food restaurant and go, okay, these are my only choices I have right now. What would please the heart of God? What would be good? And hey, sometimes go ahead, have the cheeseburger. But you know, when you're having it day after day after day, you're pleasing the limbic brain. What would please my prefrontal medial? What would be good to my love and sound mind versus what would be good to my flesh? And where the flesh doesn't quiet down is actually the invitation Come on in and sit down with God. Let God stand up when you sit down. God's will for your life. This is why the the scripture says, if anyone is a worshiper of God, right? Which that's just, you're always thinking about the things of God. You're, you know, I'm not always, but it definitely is my compass. Like it definitely puts me back on track. I mean, sometimes I'm just, I'm not living this high and spiritual life, but it is my due north, (laughs) It's where I'm going. All my decisions are based on his love, what would please his heart, what would, what would a good, good father want for me? Like I just live out of the reality and I didn't have a good, good father. So part of this is me having to use a renewed mind to envision what would a good father be? You know why? Because it's fingerprinted in me. This daughter places in me to know a good, kind, courageous, loving father who is truth too, who will tell me hard things, but they're hard and they're holy because only God can tell me things that confront me and comfort me. Only God. My husband, not so much. My best friend, not so much. I mean, I can take it a little more from them, but I'll always like, "Mm." but when God tells me I'm confronted, I'm convicted, and I'm comforted because it's for my healing. It's like a doctor who finds the tumor. Okay, it sucks. I have a tumor. But hey, we can remedy it. We can do surgery on that. The will of God is up here in this reasoning place. So everyone on the journey, all we're doing is traveling back to the garden where we had a sound mind, where we have a heart at rest, where we have relationship, we have peace, we have purpose. We were meant to bring good into the earth. That's all coming back to us right now. But this place, the will of God, is found up in a reasoning place. That is why, again, I have spent three weeks with you giving these Be Still and Be Loved podcasts. That's why we've been slow to move our bodies. I've been giving you sound understanding of how your body works, giving you the right to celebrate how your body works, no matter if you're standing or sitting, to be grateful for what is, and then we can build on a gratitude place. So a worshiper is always worshiping. He's always aware that there's 
a, there's a, um, a way to please God or a decision that can be made to please God. And he's, and a worshiper is always doing the will of God, always able to think from a high place. And a worshiper does what God is doing. Okay, so let's let's go. Let's talk about food now. Okay, this, I promise you, this will go gear over to to food. And at the end, I'll answer questions, you know, specific in the book and any of that stuff. Because I know there are other things. You know, we talk about gut health. I talk about um, sugar, and I am going to talk about sugar today. Uh, we talk about dairy, gluten, you know, intolerances, things like that. Uh, I just believe all of them, all these conditions with food, are pointing to a higher conversation. Pay attention, be where you're at, but no, God's not just going to leave you there stamped and labeled as someone with a condition. You're going to move towards restoration and wholeness. All right, so when it comes to food, we said what a worshiper does. What does a worshiper do? Opens their ears and their eyes to hear and see what would please God. So when it comes to food, you have the ability to say, what would please God? If you could just think that more and more and more. Now, it will get, it is challenging to do in a world that has more options for you that would be really satisfying and instantaneously gratifying because of the alteration of the food, the enhancement of the food. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but when that becomes our primary place, our go-to, our fallback, that's why last week we had a fast. We have got to interrupt this regular program for a higher thought. That is why fasting, I've encouraged it. I hope you've done it. It at least gives you a reset and also confesses to God, I've been hungering for things that don't feed me. I'm hungry for you. A fast really is about, I'm just hungry for God. I want to hear from God. I want, and even if I don't hear from him, I'm going to believe he's resetting my taste buds. And I promise you, he will. A fast will reset your taste buds. You know why? Try it. Try not having, try being on, you know, just a juice fat or even a water for, you know, two meals, three meals. And you're going to have hunger pains. My goodness, everyone. When's the last time you had hunger pains? Like, really? Hey, by the way, thanks for sharing this. I see you guys sharing. Appreciate that. You can do that by swiping. When's the last time you were really hungry? <laughs> we forgot. We don't know what hunger is, but in my hunger, I'm weak and I have clarity. But then the next time after I have something sweet, a strawberry never tastes so good than after a fast. <laughs> Actually, I don't really want chocolate or anything artificial I just I'm, I want something like clean and pure that just I can taste it again I I have I have cleansed my palate in a way by just taking a break resetting and letting the body taste for the first time again so what would please God's heart I can approach any meal and any situation and ask what would kindness do? what would be kind to my body what would be loving? What would feed my purpose, not my pleasure? Ah, that's where it gets challenging. Listen, I believe in the power of Sabbath. I love Sabbath. I've learned it the hard way. I learned it by denying it for a long time. But now Sabbath, the Sunday, that for me it's a Sunday, whatever day it is for you, I enjoy good food. 
I enjoy pleasurable food. I enjoy, I don't go crazy, but I enjoy it. Take my time. I'm slow. I'm not in a pace. I'm not in a rush that day so I can actually enjoy what I'm eating. Make a good meal. Take my time. It's good for my metabolism. It's good to have rich things for your metabolism once in a while. For me, in a rhythmic once a week. But then the rest of the week, it's back to just doing what will keep my mind clear, my energy high, what's good for me, what's kind for me. And I know that pleases God because I'm not crashing in the middle of the day. I'm not irritable. I'm not having brain fog because I'm thinking what pleases the heart of God. I'm choosing, making choices that would be pleasurable to my spirit and satisfying to my flesh. Maybe not pleasurable, but remember, pleasure True pleasure is found up here in that prefrontal medial cortex. The word will, when it says to do the will of God, it means reasoning, choice, pleasure. That's everything the prefrontal medial cortex does. It reasons. It's a place when I'm living in love and reasoning and optimistic thinking, I enjoy my life. I'm not taking false substitutes that's down in the lower limbic, please me now flesh kind of place. So we have to override. We've got to learn to get past this please me now, 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 and start to see when the please me now, 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 I want it, I want it, I want it. Whenever that comes, the sugar craving, whatever it is, you could actually see that as a treasure and not a trigger. You take the treasure and go, God is showing me something here. Okay, God. And I'm going to give you some ways to help you with that. Okay. So we cannot access the pleasure of God if we are in the pleasure and panic of the flesh. Say that again. We cannot act. Remember, because a worshiper can look at food or drink, whatever, and do whatever pleases God. But a worshiper cannot access the pleasure of God, of God if we are in the pleasure or panic of the flesh. That's why the flesh is here to usher you into the throne room, to take you closer to God, not run you further away in fear or in striving or hiding or shaming yourself. It's there as a tool to refine you and sanctify you. That's why God says, you'll love me with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Bring me your body too. Bring me your heart. Bring your mind. Bring all your dreams and desires of your soul and bring me your body too. Love me with all of that. I will be pleasure for you. And you will live as a worshiper who is pleased with God and God, you know that God is pleased with you and pleasure is found in a high place, not in a limbic lower brain. I'm afraid, I'm hungry, I've been hurt. I should have this right now. And that all stems back to where we've been wounded as a child. We were wounded and devastated long ago. And again, I say, that's why I have asked you guys to practice being still and being loved. How, all right, I just got to know, are you doing it? My goodness, please. I'm going to list out, okay, I, I did a little research today on food and sugar. I felt, honestly, I felt it was the Holy Spirit. Now, I know, I'm just going to go after sugar. We're going to go after it. 
Because I really think the big assaults on our uh, sound living in a well living right now is a sugar uh, filled society. We pump things to taste good, not knowing that we've altered it. So sugar is a big one. Um, and yes, uh, um, fats as well, you know, like butters and kind of making things rich, pastries, things like that, carbohydrates, puffed up, like those kinds of things. Um, and really, those foods release dopamine in us. That's They're comfort foods, period. Let me just call it all comfort foods. Sugar releases dopamine. Dopamine is a chemical in the brain that just, same thing that gets released when a, a person does drugs, cocaine, any type of addictive substance, dopamine gets released. Food, everything. When you shop, it has the ability to release dopamine. So our brains, again, up here, prefrontal medial cortex, where God lives, where reasoning and sound mind happen, was created for pleasure, dopamine. The most dopamine, the actual place where the dopamine is greatly found is up in the prefrontal medial cortex. How about that? The receptors for dopamine, mostly found up high in the prefrontal medial cortex. So God, he's designed you for pleasure. But down here, the amygdala goes off, we panic, we think lower thoughts, we fear, we shame, we hurt. And we, instead of going up to the high place where we can reason, be loved, be known, take peace, hold our stand, and then dopamine can get released in a natural way. Instead, we go, you know what? Get me the sugar. Because the last time I had the sugar with this low-level stress that I'm having, or high-level stress, I felt better. So let's go do that really fast. Do you see what I'm saying? Sugar or just becomes, it becomes the adulterer of our heart. Like we go, I, I don't, I don't want to take the time to talk with you, God. Let me take the edge off first. Oi, I'm hurting today. I know, I'm sorry. All right, listen, um, someone put that sugar is bad for the body. Here's the truth. Sugar is not bad for the body. We actually need sugar, friends. Nothing's bad for the body. Fat is not bad for the body. Sugar is not bad for the body. Salt's not bad for the body. It's not bad for the body. And I would even say, I'm going to go a little off the crazy train here. Listen, everything that God creates is good. Everything. And substances are taking what God created and twisting it and using it for bad purposes so I'll do forget it I'm gonna come I'll I'll recall that I'll do another teaching on that because I have I have a full stance on everything's good all of it from and through and to him are, are is everything but it's how we use it how we use it that becomes a problem so you need sugar for your body you need it and we often get way too much of it so let me read from you. This is a, a study. Okay. Just, just hang with me. See if I can make something. The, the, basic, the basic premise here is too much sugar burns out our brain's ability to feel healthy and whole pleasure. Too much sugar. It's a false substitute for the dopamine that is up in your brain. That's why dopamine is released when you exercise. Dopamine is released when you meditate. I'm just going to be still on that. I, I, I'm just a big advocate because I've been healed through being still. Like I have been given peace and pleasure and, and jurisdiction and agency just by 
learning to sit and do nothing. So I'm a big advocate in it, but it releases dopamine. So my body creates its own way to have dopamine into its system again, instead of me reaching for outside sources. Too much sugar burns out our brain's ability to feel healthy and whole pleasure, pleasure from the high place. Okay, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the medial cortex, it's basically, put everyone, hand on your head, <laughs> right there at the forehead, it's that whole area. These areas, of the, areas, uh, these areas of the brain are very dopamine heavy, meaning a lot of dopamine, not so much in the amygdala, not so much down in the limbic. Chronic sugar consumption means these parts of the brain are not receiving the appropriate amount of dopamine to be activated. What happens is the receptors for dopamine get burned out in the brain. So then you have to have more sugar. So hear me, when you eat sugar, your the prefrontal cortex does light up in dopamine. It doesn't know. The body doesn't know whether it's getting the dopamine from you meditating or from you eating a chocolate bar. It doesn't know. It just goes, hey, that feels good. Thank you. <laughs> but the flesh and our ill health is kind of telling us, I'm getting it from a false source. I'm getting it from a fraudulent place. That translates to poor... Okay, so when we have the inability to, to use the dopamine in our prefrontal medial cortex, it translates to poor behavior lack of motivation, and lack of a reward system. The result is a person needs to eat more and more sugar to turn on those parts of the brain. All right, am I making my point here? It's dopamine, pleasure. God's will is pleasurable. He's got a pleasing will for your life. His will for you is good. But we have a will. We have this pleasure place that we feel needs to be taken care of and it's getting in the way so this week with your food what would please you god what would please you now for those of you that are going to have a hard time with that i know that most of you go yes i agree with that i want to please god's heart yes 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 and then you feel shame when you don't so i'm not here to do that I'm here to say, hey, recognize that you don't. And now I'm going to give you some suggestions to help you naturally turn on your dopamine. Because that's the place of will and reasoning and pleasure and love and truth. It's where you were meant to function with a sound mind. Ways to naturally increase dopamine without eating more sugar. Oh, by the way, I meant to make this note. I actually started doing this today and I was already like, oh my gosh, I'm not big on tracking, counting calories. I'm just not. I, I can't even remember the last time I did that. But every now and then I will drop the pin on my sugar. Like how many grams of sugar am I eating? Just let me read how many grams of sugar in there. How many grams? Um, a woman is to have about 24 to 25 grams a day. That's like healthy. Keeps your body. You need sugar. So again, Keeps the glucose and the, the brain functioning. You have enough clarity and energy. Everything breaks down into glucose. You need it. Energy, sugar. 24 grams a day. Check out how much is in what you're having. Just a little bit. I, I was surprised. You know, I love kombucha. I love it. Probably too much. And I usually drink um, tr Trilogy kombucha. And today I was just kind of moved to like, 
I've always drank Trilogy Kombucha. And I could promise you at one point, there were two grams of sugar for every eight ounces, which is why I, I used to have a lot when my gut was healing and keeping the sugar low. I drank kombucha. It was, I remember it being two grams. It was low sugar. It's kind of the great thing. I read mine today and it says six grams for eight ounces. That's new, people. Like something changed. Something changed. They changed it. Something changed in the, I'm positive. I'm actually going to reach out to a friend of mine who was like kombucha pro and was the one who encouraged me to start with it. So I just had to like drop the pin again and go, oh my goodness, interesting. 24 grams for a woman and 37 grams per day for a man. And I would say if you're going to just measure, you're going to look at anything, just see that because I do believe that false pleasure is cutting in on the ability to rehabilitate your mind and pull you out of an addictive pattern. So ways to naturally increase dopamine. Guess what number one is? I'll wait till someone types it into the Facebook feed. Ways to naturally increase dopamine. Who's going to tell me? Number one. Yeah, good, Isha. See, okay, Jesse, I'm going to show you mine. Thank you, Sarah. Be still. <laughs> yes. It is a natural way to increase your dopamine and probably not the most used one. And the one that I really feel God is saying, please slow down. I'm not running that race. So meditate. Use the be still and be loved. <laughs> Look at you guys. You're so good. Good. Hey, Sue picked up the next one. Exercise. Da, da, da. Just exercise. That's why when you guys go out revving the word or rev well TV, I just feel like God's doing something greater than if you just go check the box. Because you're going, God, I'm now going to worship you in my breath. I'm going to worship you in my squatting. I'm going to worship you because you are worthy of this discomfort for a minute or this time that I'm taking to put the energy in because we get out what we put in. Exercise, dopamine. Three, listen to music. Oh my gosh, I'm pretty much summing up all of Revelation Wellness. <laughs> Be still, move your body, listen to some music, right? Music. What's your favorite music? If you want to, yep, yeah, worship, for me, a good worship song. If I'm like feeling stressed or angry and I need to get my pleasure up because that is the pleasure of the Lord, right? The joy of the Lord is my salvation. Um, worship, music. Fourth, I like this one and I'm actually going to change it. Fourth. Check things off a list. You can increase your dopamine. Like when you, um, like you finish something, check. There's something in the brain that goes, ha, ah, that was nice. Now I know a lot of people who get obsessive about this. So watch it. Be careful. Because then you get a plan and you get very upset when you can't check it off the list because something interrupted. So hold that one loosely. Okay. But I do like that. I actually even said, I'd like to, um, if you're in the challenge, there's a, a calendar. Like, like X off the days as you go. X them off. And even if, go right now and just X them all off. Just go ahead and give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm the teacher and you all get Xs. Uh, you get all gold stars on every day. Even if you didn't do it, just go do it. And then tomorrow, when you do tomorrow, check. A little dopamine release. Boop. I love that. I love that. The fifth one is establish a streak, which that's kind of the same thing. 
Like the next day, I did it. Boom. That's For me right now, I have a goal of like intense sitting down and writing for at least 45 to an hour 15 a day. And every time I do it, I check and I like it. Makes me happy. But I didn't know. It makes me happy because it's releasing dopamine. Um... The next one has more to do with foods because you there's um, a, a tyrosine. It's a, I don't know if it's a chemical, mineral part that's found in foods that will help you. And it's found in almonds, avocados, bananas, beef, chicken, chocolate. Be careful. I say, I'm only saying that one because it's true, but I think that could be a problem. So how about move that one off until after you're out of the cocoon phase if you're in the wellness revelation coffee mm, okay i'll give it to you eggs green tea milk watermelon and yogurt okay so again some of you go oh, i can't do dairy all right we'll do more almonds do you know, avocados all those foods all of them literally besides chocolate and i think coffee we kind of say be careful just watch how much you take are on the list for this week on like kind of the foods that we go these foods feed me and give my mind peace and soundness uh, three more things. Creating things with your hands releases dopamine. Creating things. That's why people that, and I know this, people that get stressed um, are uh, chronic overeaters. They learn to knit. <laughs> they learn to do something with their hands. And it becomes, I know, I, I will draw or color or I uh, have this chalkboard me and my daughter will work on sometimes. And it just, honestly, it's been therapeutic at times. It takes the panic away. It releases that everything's going to be all right chemical of dopamine. Get good sleep. Get good sleep releases good dopamine. So you don't need substitutes. Feeding the limbic brain. Come up higher. And then finally, massage. I like that. Get a massage. If you can't afford a massage, you do the poor man massage. Get a roller, foam roll. I know that's not as nice. I just had a massage yesterday and it's heavenly. It does. It just, I breathe. I ask the spirit to come and just like work me out, release some of the tension in my body. But it does. It's that pleasure kind of feels good place and um, it's holistic as well. Okay, friends. That's all I have for you today. That's a lot. But I, <laughs> talking food, pleasure, being a worshiper of God means doing whatever pleases God. So being in touch with pleasure. Where does your pleasure come from? When it comes from a lower place, when you seek it from a lower place, allow it to lead you to the high place. I'm saying the same thing. And then all the foods become, whether I eat or drink, whatever I do to the glory of God. I don't need to walk around with a rule book around my neck or measuring cups in my hands. I don't have to follow and count a formula. I can actually hear from God. That's what I want. People that hear God say, you know what? I think you need some more water right now, a little less soda today or whatever it is. And in the end, everybody, please, you've got to burn down what you think fitness is supposed to be. I will not give you this Saturday infomercial result. Or actually, maybe, but I'm not interested in watching anyone flaunt it around. I'm really not. Because you can only have that for a short time. And as we said, it can easily be an idol and idols devastate you when you lose them. And I prefer you not to be devastated. I want you to persevere. I want your body to be well. And more than your body, I want your mind to be well. 
well, that you can see the kingdom, that you can hear the king, that you are a vessel and a foot soldier and you're ready to do the good work. It's one thing to just be discipled and read the word of God, but it's another to go and do it. And you need to be well for that. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for what a bigger conversation you have around food. God, you call yourself the bread of life, life, and living water. Both of those, God, life, life abundant. It's what we're hungry for, God. I thank you that it's found in you. I thank you that you've hemmed us in, that we really, no matter where we go to find it, it will not satisfy. It's found in you, God. So now I speak to all the brains all the hurt that's been stored up in bodies, God, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, rewire. Help us to rethink our pain, God, to see our triggers as treasures, Lord, that lead us to your presence where you take the pain and hand us sonship, daughtership, royalty, nobility, praiseworthiness that you sing over us, God. Give us the ability to climb high, God, to live from the prefrontal medial cortex. God, I'm specifically asking that we would be people of reasoning and love and empathy because we've allowed the lower things, the things that have tried to destroy us, the things that tried to cause us tragedy become our testimony, God. I pray for that turnaround grace. We're going to need it abundantly, Lord. And Lord, cleanse our palates, our taste buds. Open our eyes to what we are taking in. And even, Lord, whatever we're ingesting in media or consumption, Lord, we want more truth, more goodness to feed on good things into our hearts and minds, Lord. Everyone take a deep breath. Exhale. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us and feed us. In Jesus' name, amen.